You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 162. Side when we talk about a terrible, terrible Christmas movie. A terrible and and morally questionable Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, this is the Gibby Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, uh, reviewing the things you love today and the things that you're going to learn to hate in approximately 15 minutes from now. My name is Incestuous Grandpa. And I am joined by a Nazi elf. Yep. I am. And this week, we've got a special guest. That other voice that you heard, that is Mr. Jacob McAllister. He doesn't get a nickname because we actually need you to know who he is. <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long time since I've seen your lovely smiling face. Full of hair now. <laughs> it is. It is. Not that the podcast listeners will see that, but there's hair on my face, so you know. Yeah. Yes. So he is, let's let's explain Jacob and I pulled this directly from the page of your Kickstarter because I and I actually learned some stuff. So I'm hoping this is all true or else or else everything I'm basing it on is a lie. Uh, he is an artist who worked at Universal Creative. Check. Check. You've produced art for Halloween Horror Nights which to me and Rob is one of the best events in the history of events. Agreed. It is. And you've done some work for the toy and game company, Ravensburger. I have. I have quite a bit. Yes. And he's an all-around swell guy that we forced to watch a terrible movie. Is that also true? It was really, really bad. You are welcome, sir. It was terrible. We were 10 minutes into that movie, and I actually was like, should I text him to apologize? Because I know you from work. We're, you know, I know we've, we would run into each other. We have conversations. Full conversations. I'm a fan. I am a fan of your work, but I don't know if I know you well enough to make you watch a Nazi elf movie involving incest. Like, I didn't know where the line was. You, you know, so. you know, it's funny because I felt really off in the beginning of that movie between the little brother and the big sister. And yes. I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm like, he's looking- you've got big titties. <laughs> And I'm yeah. going to tell everyone. And I'm like, what? And then she jumps on him what? in the bed and starts tickling. I'm like, this is wrong. And then the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was just the appetizer. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to do this episode a little different. And we, trust me, you're going to want to stick around for this full description of the movie. But I do want to talk a little bit about Oh, the Horror right up front. Let's do it. And that's and by me wanting to talk about it, I want you to talk about oh, it. Oh, so. that's on me then. Okay. Um, that is all you. All you. <laughs> so uh, two buddies of mine, um, Patrick Braillard, uh, who has been a uh, director um, for Halloween Horror Nights for the past, I don't know, 15 years, um, and Nate Stevenson, who has also uh, directed and produced and done other things I, I don't know i don't know what nate's done but he's been with halloween horror nights over in art, the art and design department over in uh, b52 um for five years or so i think so yeah we we're all veterans and we all got let go thanks to covid 
and we kind of Boom. yeah right and we kind of teamed up and we decided uh well actually this was nate's idea that he's been bouncing around for like two years now um he put it forward to patrick and they started bouncing ideas off each other for the for this game that they wanted to make um and then they called me in and they're like hey do you want to do the art and i'm like yes yes i do and so now we're a team and we and we've made this game and it's super fun and it's um i mean and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say this. It is, it is it, very similar to Apples to Apples or, or Cards Against Humanity. Um, but it's a, it's a genre now. Like that's a game genre. There are, a, there are a ton of different games that have, um, that have split off from, from that, from that, like that a, mode. The meme, there's like a memes yeah, one from that it's, like a disney memes yeah, one it's it's a way of playing a game it's it's you know like it's like a board game but it's this is a specific card game genre um and we've made it our own we've done we've done our own thing so it's 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 our horror version um instead of two cards you have three cards um uh you have your dealer and your dealer's going to deal your death card and a dealer's going to deal a uh a victim card and then everyone will have five method cards or method of death cards in their hands. Um, they will put down the one that they think is the funniest or the one that they're, uh, or the one that they think will make um, the dealer laugh the most. And uh, he'll choose which one he likes best. We'll read them out loud. And then, and then the, uh, the winner gets to take the victim and, you know, you, however many victims you collect at the end, whatever, however you want to set your rules, whatever, it's up to you. Um, that's the winner. Um, I think what sets us apart uh, a little more from just like Cards Against Humanity or something like that would also be that uh, I'm illustrating 200 of these cards. Um, there's going to be 100 <laughs> victim cards and 100. And yet you paused to talk to us. I, I got to breathe sometime. Um, <laughs> there's 100 victim cards and 100 killer cards in the in the initial deck, all of which will be uh, illustrated by myself. And there will be um yeah original characters for each of those cards so something new each time each time you play it's gonna be fun it looks i i'm really happy with it we've been putting it together for a while now uh, we've got the kickstarter up and i i just i'm really happy with how it looks and i mean you know my design past because you know i worked at full sale for seven years so you know i taught design and illustration for a while and something i'm i'm all right at. i'm not bad so I designed. I got to design the game as well. I got to do all the all the design work for the box and the uh, and the cards and all the branding and everything. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of from the art perspective. Um, it's a really cool style as well. Nice. I was, you know, I got a chance to see some of the the images on the Kickstarter and got that. I don't know. I I bad at labeling things, but to me, it it got that like sixties. Uh, it's got that mid century uh, UPA. Yeah, the mid century. I, I always think of it as like uh, when you go to like a national park, the signage. Yeah. yeah. That has that kind of look, the very Mad Men-y yeah. kind of style. It's, I, it's it's just fun. I think I think yeah. mid century is probably the simplest way to put it, but yeah, kind of that's mid century animation style. Um, was it Tom Oreb was a uh, inspiration for some of this stuff? And now, if, if you're going to geek out on illustrators, uh. <laughs> so yeah so uh it's up on kickstarter now if you if you search oh the horror that's the name but i should have plugged the name of the game that would have been good i should have opened with that oh the horror is the name of the game and if you search that on kickstarter you'll find it. it'll pop right up just search oh the horror game we're on instagram we're on the twitters we've been uh, uh we've you're on the gibby five podcast twitter as well as the gibby five podcast facebook page 
Boom. Boom. So you can you can find the link. You've right made there. it now. Hold on, let me yeah. drop the mic. He just he, the mic was in fact dropped, which you would have heard had this been the actual mic that was picking up my voice. It's all for show, folks. He has a full on. There's even like a, a neon blue light behind him, so it looks very professional. It, except the microphone is not. Working. If this was a nice camera, it would have looked really good. But no, yeah. thanks, Mac. <laughs> so uh, I, I gotta I gotta ask some Halloween Horror Nights questions, and and you can feel free to tell me to screw off. But um, I, I want to know which which, on, so which haunted houses, <laughs> yeah, which haunted houses you you guys have like produced art for what you produced art for. Cause like this guy, the other host here, Rob, you know, a little bit less than me or a lot less than me. Uh, he actually goes to the stores and like buys artwork from Halloween Horror Nights, like the props and stuff. Uh, well, if we're talking so, so stuff that we might have seen, we've been to every Halloween Horror Night since what? I don't even know. Patrick, if we're talking Patrick, Patrick's up there. Like, have you heard of Mike Aiello? Like for example, right there. there. You go. Um, so Mike Aiello was a creative, uh, creative lead for, for years. Um, Patrick was just under him, um, show directing and, and coming up with concepts for houses for the last like 10, 15 years. So I can't even, I can't even put a finger on what Patrick has done because he's literally touched everything. Um, or, original gotcha. concepts and, and just been a part of every Halloween Horror Nights for the last 10, 15 years. Like he's just He's a god when it comes to that. Um, Nate has been in there for five years too. Uh, I really should ask Nate exactly what he does. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> it's funny because I actually met Nate when we did Grinchmas uh, ten years ago because we used to, we both did the show. We both played the same character. He was on one swing cast and I was on the other, and that's how we know each other. I'm still in his phone as Lou Who. Um, yeah, so Nate's been there for a long time. I personally, my first job for Halloween Horror Nights was the 25th year, I want to say. I think 2015. Okay. Um, it was the year that they brought back all like the major icons of the park. And they had posters all over the park of these major icons. And like especially they had them sitting up on top of these little vignettes where the icon would would sit out and like greet the crowd and whatnot. Um, first thing I ever got to do was all those posters. So I, I, it was, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was fun. Um, I done the, uh, there was an Alice in Wonderland 3D uh, house. It was one of those like black light houses. I did, there was, there was okay. a comic book cover entrance to that. I did that. I did the front of the Chance house one year. Uh, same kind of, I think it was another 3D house. No, yeah, like one of the black light houses and they had a flat front that was illustrated and I did a giant illustration of Chance. Um, last year, the Universal, uh, the Universal Monsters house. So they need, they need people. And this is something I've done for Universal Creative as well, which is a whole different department. I did this for Japan, but I also, uh, for for Nintendo, but I also did it for Halloween Horror Nights last year. So they give you these elevations of the houses on the inside, and they need you to digitally paint them so they have them as reference for the painters when they go into the set and and paint up the houses. So I did, like, that entire house. Like, every room of that house I digitally painted up so that they could have it as a reference. Um, all the textures and all the paint. So that was, that was fun. I sat, They pulled me over from creative. I sat there for one week and just, like, painted furiously, like, the entire house. So much fun. It is. It's great. I love it over there. I, lo I love working for art and design. 
Yeah, that's nice, my story. Nice. Actually, if a, another friend of mine over there, he, uh, I think he just did some work on uh, the Raptor roller coaster, like the actual car. Oh yeah, who's that? Uh, Greg. Paul? Oh yeah, I know Greg. He, uh, we, uh, he was an intern at a uh, 3D facility that I worked at, and and he really liked making cars and really liked making futuristic that's cars. Awesome. And then he went and redesigned the uh, uh, the Hulk roller coaster, and then the Raptor roller yeah. coaster. So his so his passion paid off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. Now working now that's that's working for Universal's been super amazing. Awesome. I love it there. Super awesome, Rob. Do you have any other questions? Rob is actually a theme park streamer at times, so he is. Yes, he's my, at theme well, parks all the time. Well, my girlfriend is. My my girlfriend has her own YouTube channel. Um, she was actually just downstairs doing an interview on somebody else's channel. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she, uh, her, her channel is Ears of Emporium, but she's got over 30,000 subscribers. People watch her go to the theme parks and ride rides and stuff like that. Nice. I, I occasionally am on there doing that, but we're, we're theme park junkies. So we go to the theme parks a lot. Nice. But I mean, it, it is, it started with me for, for years. I, I mean, I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights every year since what 13 and i've been i've been staying at greg's house for a lot of them before, yeah, before I, you moved to orlando yeah before i moved to orlando i i was a travel nurse and i would fly back to orlando for a week and stay with greg and we would do halloween horror nights for a week so it was my own little personal halloween horror nights yeah, i having to do with rob on my couch for a and week. this is not biased because i work for the company it really is the best event <laughs> Like that has ever been put on, and it's just getting better. It just gets better every year. Mm -hmm. And and the the thing for me is, I what I go for the things that I love the most are the haunted houses. Mm -hmm. I love going into the haunted house, and it has nothing to do with the scares. I mean, occasionally they'll startle me, and I'll get I'll be like, oh oh, you got me because I didn't expect to see somebody there. But it doesn't happen often. But the thing that I really go for is to go and see the design the of the Oh, houses. yeah. I mean, they, they are so spot on with some of these. I mean, it's like movie set quality haunted houses. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, we walked through, we walked through like the living room from Halloween. Mm -hmm. We walked through the, the hospital, the parking lot with the ambulance. Um, we've, We've walked through uh, a couple of times uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh my god! The, the, I mean, that was the my set design has just been spot on. That was my hands down favorite house of any Halloween Horror Nights ever. The the haunted the um, uh, American Werewolf in London was, and and it's actually it's actually come back like once twice, or twice. Yeah. They, they've actually mm -hmm. recycled the house. They've reused um, that wolf multiple times in other houses too. Yeah, but but there there have been a couple of independent ones that I've actually really enjoyed as well. So I mean, it's it's kind of like a grab bag. Every year there's a, there's pretty much a standout house that I think is absolutely amazing, and then there's a couple of really good ones, and then there's one or two that are kind of missed the mark. They're not quite as as good as what I think they could be. Oh, yeah. But all but all in all, I mean, it, it, every year I just love going just to see what they've come yeah. up with. Yeah, my son and I do the same thing. We we go into the houses and like it's fun to get scared, but we're just like in awe of the detail. And if you saw how fast they build these things, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like these things can go up in in a matter of weeks, like like wow. that. Absolutely. They spend all year designing and them, and then they just go up. 
And the, the other thing that I absolutely love, the thing that allows me to go through houses multiple times is you can go through houses several times and still not have seen all of the special effects or the special scares or the special features in a house because you just miss it when you go yeah. through. Absolutely. And there, there was one, uh, just to illustrate that one that one that I absolutely just loved. It was it was the the Nightingale Nurses House. Oh yeah. It was it was set in like World War Two, mm -hmm. and you're walking through the the trenches. Oh, World basically. War One. Yeah, that, I and, remember that one. Yeah, it's World War One. And you walk yeah, down yeah. this long trench, and at the end of the trench, there's a guy who's wait a soldier who's waving you forward, and he's telling you to go to the right, go to the right. Come on down, come on, come on, come on, hurry, 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 go to the right, and. I only saw it once that year, and I went through that house so many times trying to see it again. But he's like standing behind this barricade, and he's like, "Go to the, go to the right, go to the right." And as I was walking up to him, one of the nurses comes up from behind him and grabs him and pulls yeah. him back into the dark to where you can't see him. But what you didn't see when he was standing at the barricade is he was standing on like a, a mannequin lower half. So when she pulled him away, it looked like she ripped his upper torso off. I was like, "That is awesome." And it was like squirting blood and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. But there's stuff like that in like all of the houses. And that's it's one of the things that keeps me going back into the houses, you know, night after night. Because Greg and I do the, the frequent fear passes. Yeah. And we go so many. Or, well, he hasn't. He didn't go a whole lot last year. But, I mean, I go so many times. That, that house for me. I have a story about that house. So I went with my sister that year. And it was the mm -hmm. first time we had ever gone to Halloween Horror Nights together. And she, that was the very first house. We walked in. Mm. She starts freaking out about like 20 seconds into it. We didn't even get halfway through. And she had to ask an attendant to let her out of the house because she was so scared. So someone had to like walk us out halfway through. And it was, and I, that was the only time I went that year. So that year I got to do half of a house. That was it. Oh, oh my god! In every in like for the last few years, she's like, "Oh, you can I can I go this year? You can you want to take the family? You're like, no. no, no, you're not, you're no. not allowed. You are banned. <laughs> That's hilarious. That girl. I I I will say, if you have any clout whatsoever, <laughs> I, know I want I I want you I want you to go knock some heads. And bring back Bill and Ted. Oh my God! You know because that was the highlight of the event for me every year. Honestly, I I don't know who pulled the plug on that, but for everyone on the art and design department, it was it was rough and it was hard on us. My uh, my good friend Jason Horn has been directing it for the past four years or so, and he's been doing a phenomenal job, and it has been the highlight of my. Halloween Horror Nights to go sit with him and watch the show. Like I absolutely love Bill and Ted's. Yeah. It was really rough for all of us when they took it. Um, it was, so it was way up. It was way up. That decision was way up. Um, and I don't know why it was made. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was rough. We all love that show. Every, everyone who works there loves that show. So yeah, it wasn't. A you can always tell cause we try to go as close to the end of, we go the whole time, but you can always tell that the show evolves throughout mm -hmm. the time. But as you get to the the shows that are later in the year, you can tell the the camaraderie and like mm -hmm. the end of the night show. You can tell that they're like the after party begins on stage. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And I've and I've been 
acting at uh, Universal for years. I, I switched from acting to art and design about five years ago, but I had been acting there for half a decade. And so like half those people are more than half those people are all friends. So yeah, it was, it was rough to see it go. Well, I'm hoping that because there was, there was some talk that there might be that there, that there was going to be a Bill and Ted cameo at HHN this year because of the release of their movie. But they now have a hole to fill that I'm hoping maybe they'll consider bringing back Bill and Ted for. I hope. <laughs> like, I really... Because, because AOV is gone. Yeah. They are not coming back. Yeah, I heard about that. So I'm I'm hoping that maybe they'll consider plugging that hole with Bill and Ted. Hey, we're, I will tell you, we're all hoping that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed? Is is Universal is like uh, strict about actors as Disney is, or are you allowed to say what you what shows you've been in? Oh no, you can say what shows you've been in. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they. What shows have you been uh, in? I was uh, Taylor in Poseidon's Fury for a few years. Um, I did Grinchmas uh, as Lou Who for two or three years. Um, what else did I do? That might have been it. I might have just done those two shows because I also did shows over at Disney. So. Yeah, it was always a, a balancing act. But I think, yeah, I think it was just those two shows. I trained for another thing. It was like a a backstage uh, high school thing. I don't even know what it was. I trained for it and never ended up doing doing shifts for it. But yeah, yeah. At Disney, you were, you, I know you did the Nemo mm-hmm. show. I did. We, I think we talked about that in the past. Or I've seen pictures of it or something. Yeah, I did uh, Crush for 11 years and uh, I did Marlin in there somewhere too for a little while. And that was rough. We all just, uh, they just shut down the stage, um, about a month ago, not even like three weeks wow. ago. Yeah. We all, and, and I believe they've shut it down permanently. Haven't they? They, they haven't said, um, we're, we're oh. really hoping they're not, but, uh, no, they haven't made any, as of right now, it's just indefinite. So we'll see. Yeah. Made a lot of really good friends over there. Yeah, yeah, I heard they did the same thing with uh, Lion mm. King, too. Which, it would make no sense. I can't imagine they would shut that down. They just built them a new stage, like, five years ago. So, and, yeah, I mean, we're two strong shows that have been running for uh, 11, 11 years, 12 years. Like, we've been running for a really long time and, and running strong. So, I think I think they're just waiting for this whole COVID thing to blow over. At least, you know. Yeah, it's fingers crashed. The the for those of you out there that don't live in Orlando or don't have threads in Orlando, it's it's interesting how many people you just meet randomly that have worked in these shows or have you know, I've when I first moved here, my entire group of friends was audio leads for, for the castle, for Lion King and things like that. Just because they were full zone grads, so I ended up meeting yeah. and you end up meeting all these people. So like even when you mention you, you mention names that I know but I don't actually know the mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, it's because it's a, it's a small community and it's, they're all good people that you want to be friendly yeah. with because they're entertaining as hell. It's a, it, unlike Rob. Jeez. You shut your mouth. Oh, what See? a letdown. He's surly. <laughs> now we did start talking about theme park stuff away from Oh the Horror. Guys, Oh the Horror <laughs> is... It was, was like a 10 minute segue. <laughs> It was. It really was a very long segue, but that's okay because we we got people tempted about oh, the horror. Uh, you can again check out the uh, the, uh, the GoFundMe uh, like we kick, mentioned. Kickstarter. 
Kickstarter. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We have it's we, okay. Yeah. Get it right, Greg. Yes. You can go fund me, but then do the Kickstarter for the horror, which I am, in fact, going to do as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I wanna, I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch that number go up, and as soon as it's right at the end, I'm going to... It's Boom. doing it's doing a slow climb. We're we're really pushing it. We've got we've got some connections. We're trying to trying to hit up. I we all we all know some people. You know you know people. So we're we're trying mm-hmm. to spread the word as much as we can. Um, we've had some really great tweets from some really great people, and uh, now we're just gonna keep also also me. you're <laughs> included. So we're just gonna we're gonna keep pushing until the end. Yeah, we got we got another awesome. twenty days to go. I think. Sweet. So go check that. Thanks, out. guys. Now, for the record, if uh, Jeff Mandel can get a movie like Elves made, <laughs> then I don't see why Oh the Horror shouldn't have success as well. Because oh, we are about to talk about the one of the worst movies I've ever suggested for the podcast. Now, I'm apologizing as I talk about this because I did not see it. I knew nothing about this movie other than the, the brief... Just, you know, the brief uh, synopsis, which actually there isn't even a tagline for this movie. The, and, and I got to say that, I mean, we've watched movies that were technically worse than this. But this is probably the worst movie we've ever watched in regards to subject matter. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, how, how did how did they release this? What is this? Holy shit. Yeah, I want to. I want to revisit that in a moment, uh, because this movie is listed as being PG thirteen. No, what? Absolutely yep. not. I know. I. I made. And, I made the and, joke and, last night with because I watched it with my seventeen year old. I'm like, you know, this is rated oh PG thirteen, and I was joking. Are you serious? If you look at IMDb, it is listed as PG thirteen. I mean, I, it does feel like an eighties PG thirteen. It's got. Spying on your sister naked in the shower. Mm. It's got conversations about incest. It's got Nazis. Uh, it's got stabbing in the crotch. Which apparently uh, makes you cough up blood and die. Didn't know that. Well, he's a nurse. He, Rob, have you ever stabbed anyone in the crotch? Have him cough, cough up blood and die? I've been advised by my lawyer that I should not answer any questions in regard to that. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. Enough. I just I so just you... talked to your lawyer. He said, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him on text right now. He actually <laughs> leaned forward as if he was talking to someone on on like a, a laptop. So that's acting right there. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, it's got that. It, it has uh, full on nudity in a bathtub, mm-hmm. like where you. I'm pretty sure you see everything. Mm-hmm. I was very bored at that point. <laughs> you, you see everything, including the swimsuit that the actual actress is wearing after she gets into the tub. <laughs> Because they they very obviously had a body double, ah, uh, gotcha. and then the act, and then when they go back and show the actress laying in the tub, at one point she sits up too high, and you can see the top of her bikini. Oh top. no, seriously! I swear to God, I, I rewound it because I'm like, oh my god! Oh, I pass right over that. <laughs> yeah. So apologize to your 17 year old as well for that. But anyway, so this movie was released uh, October 24th of 1989. Directed by and written by Jeff Mandel, who uh, I don't know what else he's done, but hopefully nothing. It's Howie Mandel's brother. Is no. it really? <laughs> now you're just making stuff up. I forgot that you could do that better than I can. Uh, starring Dan Haggerty, Mr. Grizzly Adams. 
Julie Austin, I believe, who was the the actress that you were talk, talking about. Uh, Deanna Lund, Bora Silver, who uh, Bora Silver was the grandpa, but he was also I, I recognized him a little bit. He was the theater manager in Escape from New York. Oh. And Ken Carpenter as well, among other people. So here's the only synopsis I could find. A young woman discovers that she is the focus of an evil Nazi experiment involving selective breeding and summoned elves, an attempt to create a race of supermen. She and two of her friends are trapped in an apartment store with an elf, and only Dan Haggerty, as the renegade loose cannon Santa Claus, can save them. That is quite the synopsis. I, I wouldn't put him down as a loose cannon. I mean, he was pretty collected the entire movie. <laughs> well, and I, I, I made the comment. I was like, look, this dude is so, is so deadpan and monotone in his delivery. And he's very possibly the best actor. In this oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. He's, he's just so like nonchalant about everything. And I'm like, and he's the best actor. Yeah, everybody else is terrible. He kind of channeled like, like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, like before he goes full Santa Claus, but as he's starting to change, like that's kind of what he looked like the whole movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like a little bloated. Like I again, this movie was really very for all the stuff. It was kind of boring. So I started <laughs> like randomly thinking of like, like nicknames for for people. So I was like. Dog the calorie hunter because for a while he looked like Dog the bounty hunter. Oh, that works. <laughs> it was like, like that. It's like yeah, yeah, making up these random things, and then like I realized that he was after a little while. I'm like, oh crap, this is gonna be the hero of the movie. And he was like, he looked like a shaved down Sasquatch lumbering about, like trying to save these girls. And I'm like, oh, this movie is not gonna. And I then you'd look, and the movie's way longer than most of the stuff we've watched too. It is, and I'm like, is this over yet? Oh my god! Like usually they clock in around like. An hour twenty, and this and, one is. Long. And as as I'm watching this movie, I actually reached out to Greg, and I was like, "Holy shit! They jam packed everything into this movie: elves, Nazis, date rape, date rape, incest, murder, ninja gremlins, planned virgin violations at midnight." I was like, "How much more shit can they throw into this movie? This is just, oh my god!" And and it was like, on top of all of that, it was like they were leaving dialogue out so that the movie would move faster instead of making the movie make sense. And there, because these conversations that they were having, like the, the police, the police, the policeman and, and freaking Grizzly Adams, the conversations that they were having were, it was like one line and then they would like skip like three lines and then he would just say something else. And then the cop would like respond with a line that was like, four lines later in the script and i'm like man these are these are really big jumps how are they how are they getting there there? were so many cuts in that movie like there was a cut every like two seconds like it was a new angle or a new like like a bad edit Mm -hmm. i think the the bathtub scene we're talking about i think don't they cut away to a whole other section like as it's happening i think there's a couple things where there's like a kill about to happen and they cut to a completely different scene and then come back. Yeah, because she... Well, I only really, know this because I'm looking at my notes and my notes like jump around. <laughs> the the bathtub scene, the bathtub scene, they just cut to the elf standing at the foot of the bathtub. Okay. Yeah, and it's always a really, really weird close-up. 
like awkwardly framed like they definitely didn't sculpt an entire body it's like they sculpted a top half and a bottom half because i don't think you ever saw both halves at the same time oh greg got a still shot of it oh yeah there's in in the woods it's towards the okay. end you see it but you're not wrong there's a lot of like like mystery science theater style like it was just foreground this, shots. this face the whole time <laughs> Like mouths are gay with, the, is with what those we're hearing blue Aryan eyes <laughs> piercing that never moved or blinked. It was an adorable, adorable yeah. elf. But and the movie, first of all, called Elves, only stars one elf. <laughs> That's true. Which which is there? So I know they're trying to make more, but let's be let's be you know they're maybe they could have saved elves for the sequel and called the first one Elf. Uh. Yeah, the the puppet not good. Oh. The it, kind the of forget about it for good. a while. The story no, not nothing good. about it was good. And I realized what where they cut away. It wasn't the bathtub scene. It was the toilet scene. Is where they cut away. Um, as as something else was going on. Uh, so I, I need to talk about the mom. What a psycho bitch! She really was. She is literally, I think, the worst villain I've ever seen in any movie. And she's not even the main villain. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's just a side character, but she is probably the most evil character like ever. Well, I got I gotta give it to Mandel for creating a character that actually helped us sympathize with our protagonist. Because the second <laughs> she's like that girl came in the house and the mom's like, Did you hurt yourself? Good. Your, your daughter just <laughs> gashed her hands open. Like I'm going to take your money away. And then, and then stole all her money. money. Yep. My son popped in right yep. after that. He's like, he's like, she can go to the bank before her mom gets there. It's fine. She, she, can, <laughs> she can take out her money. She, her mom doesn't have an app on her phone to check it. It's, she'll get it. You have to just cross out that punishment for him. <laughs> Can't. And, then, and then the... Let's do a college fund. Crap. The cat? The goddamn cat? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got to set this up, I guess. The, there's a little boy in this. We've, we've kind of hinted at a lot of this early. So there's the mom, there's the daughter who's older, and then the little boy is, is the daughter's brother, younger mm-hmm. brother. Uh, and we'll probably have to talk about the horrifying things that happened between those two. But at one point, the little boy is scared, and they insinuate that it was the cat, not a ninja gremlin that tried to hurt the little Before boy. you go all the way on this, because this is the worst, let's just say that that ninja gremlin scratched the crap out of that kid's shoulder and everyone just walked out of the room. They saw the gas <laughs> on his shoulder and then they just put him yep. to bed. And the ninja oh, gremlin oh, was the forget, elf. Don't forget the uh, the sister jumped into his bed with no pants on. Oh, the, the well, yeah, that, that doesn't lead to the dead cat. I was like... Yeah, that's that's when I started questioning the movie. And that... I was like, what? I don't think it's worse. Which was 10 minutes in, yeah. by the way. So we'll, we'll get back yeah, to that. Continue, continue. So anyway, so the mom has very clearly shown early on that she is, you know, hates the stupid freaking cat. So at a certain point, I guess when the daughter is out, the mom has decided to kidnap the cat by feeding it, sneaking up on it with a pillowcase. And I, was, I thought, okay, she's just going to let the cat outside and be done with the cat. No, she decides to drown the cat in a toilet. Very visually on screen. <laughs> I was not happy with mom at this point. You you don't you don't drag, drown a cat in a toilet. I it's much easier to do in a bathtub, first of all. <laughs> it's 
She put the cat in a pillowcase and then dunked the whole thing in the toilet and made sure that it was under the water. For what seemed to be about five minutes of screen time, which I did not need to see. This is a lot. It was really drawn out. They edited everything else out too early just so they could leave in five minutes of cat drowning. I was like, what the... My notes are very interesting from that point. I'm just like, ah, no, no, do not flush that cat. And I'm like, there's swear words, there's all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, this bitch is drowning a cat in the fucking toilet. (laughs) What the... And then buries the cat. the, The toilet! Buries the cat in the backyard. I guess which which I guess fuels the the elf. To, the elf gets to eat the cat. I think is that what and happens? then slam the pieces up against the window. I couldn't make out what that was. I think the the cat was yeah the the cat's drowned dead corpse was thrown against the window. I was hoping the cat would come back. Yeah, I was too. I was thinking that as well. <laughs> All pet cemetery. Yeah. And get his revenge. Like oh, I, I, the cat's name Agamemnon, by the way, which is like. The writer of this movie very clearly paid attention to one section of his history class (laughs) and was like, I'm going to use that in a movie someday. And it's going to be a cat killed by a crazy soccer mom. So let's go back to the, the other part that we've hinted at quite a bit. The, the shower scene early in the movie that led to angry sister wrestling with her nine-year-old brother, I think half naked in like a short bathroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No, she was wearing like a t-shirt and and panties, and that, I was like, and that's how she yeah. punishes her brother. Yeah, for, for I'm like, that, at her naked. Yeah, that's that seems inappropriate. Okay. So first of all, I love the fact that the kid was wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pajamas because that, nice. that was very early in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle phenomenon. Yeah, did they pay for the licensing mm-hmm. on that? There's no possible yeah. way. <laughs> There was a lot of that because there were some Ghostbusters 2 uh, posters. There was a Nintendo mention. I'm sure there was some. Yeah, I saw, I saw, um, I guess, no, it looked like a Raiders poster, but he would be a little young to be watching Raiders, mind you, with his mouth and uh, propensity to look at his sister naked. He'll probably watch anything. Yeah. And, and you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the mouth thing, like I was like, oh, crap. And I'm always, like, I'm not shy about that kind of stuff. I mean, I worked in rock radio before I did anything. So I heard and saw everything back in the day. But I always kind of weirded out when, like, an an actor child will have to say lines that I would be really upset if my kid would say. Or another Oh, yeah. Like, like you got the feeling of this movie that that girl was probably actually naked behind the door. And that kid is like, if you get your lines right, I'll let you see her naked. <laughs> like, it didn't seem like a real lockdown set. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. let's do th- let's do this for real. Why don't we? Like, you just got the feeling that this set will make it believable. Yeah, the kid is swearing, and it's not a little bit of words. It's the f word, which Rob already said here. Uh, wrestling with this girl, like. And then the little kid's like, it's a fucking ninja, little ninja troll. Like, there's a lot. Ninja gremlin. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, of swearing. And then the kid kind of disappears for a very long period of the yeah. movie. We're clearly just watching Cinemax at one in the morning or something to learn new words. I don't know. And, and I would like to point out, it's another 80s movie with another gay slur. I was like, man, we got another one. Shit. Yep. Every, every movie we end up watching. 
Jacob has a word that like like the F word or whatever, like words that we refuse to actually say. We, on here. we had to rewind that. My son was like, did she just say the F word? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I didn't, we rewound it and we we're like, oh my God. It's right before, right. It's right before she stabs yeah, the hole. So she's like, yeah. so it's, it's muffled by that. And I'm like, and that was, that unfortunately was a very common word used in 80s movies. It's and it's, it's like every one that we watch, and it'll and it's even, even ones that are like fun loving too. Even like this one's dead. dark. Yep. It's it's crazy because like people are like oh you're just so sensitive and it's like, well, that's really offensive, that, guys. Yeah, and and we've we've kind of been conditioned that way, and and we've talked about it in the past as far as as far as holding up, um, holding things from the past to today's standards as as not really being being fair so to speak yeah like being like oh well you know keanu reeves was in a movie that said the f word 25 years ago like that's not true. oh yeah yeah now if it was like that it's like eh, okay yeah I, I, <laughs> or I even mean, if a movie is pretending to be a movie from the 80s i think it should be fine right like, like a wet hot american summer or something mm, like that yeah, yeah, yeah now we are getting very deep here for a movie about a nazi elf some things just have to be said uh let's see here i want to talk about the fact that these teenage girls that do this little seance anti-christmas thing literally starting off the war against christmas uh there's one of them that's so dumb that she doesn't know what what the word bemoan means what what was their name the the anti-christmas sisters or something yeah i think so something along along those lines i didn't write the whole thing down but I wrote it down, but I left my notebook downstairs. <laughs> they they are looking at a piece of art that that and says, "Look, Art Deco Christmas boobs." <laughs> like, well, I was like, "What? <laughs> what? What makes these Art Deco?" It was it was kind of Art Nouveau, actually, a little bit. If we're going to get technical on it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that illustrator geek. No, I mean like the the background <laughs> illustration, the behind the girl. It was clearly Muka inspired. <laughs> I don't know what made it Art Deco. I don't know why there were four. I didn't know why there were four dots, squares circling each breast until the right. Until and then we the find end. out. I'm like, is he making a swastika out of those? Yes, he is. Just scribbled on it, and he's like, "Look, there are four squares on here. This is what it is. they make us." <laughs> and Rob is back with his notes. Uh-oh. We, Things got just got. Can real. we talk about? Can we talk about Grandpa's accent? Uh, yes, oh, it was so terrible, was so bad, so terrible. It's really that hard to do a German accent? Really? It sounds kind of like the the German accent that I or we we do a French accent for one of our dogs, and it's our ours are, our French accent is for our Papillon is better than the German accent that the actual theoretical actor was doing. Theoretical is a good word. Yeah, the Sisters of Anti Christmas. Uh, sisters of Anti Christmas. And then, then they decided to change it to Masters Without Slaves. Yes. I get it. And they referred to them they referred to themselves, well, we're girls, we're the master race. Girls not, <laughs> girls a, not, a, not race. a race. No. Me <laughs> no. and my son both said that we're like, I'm pretty pretty sure girls aren't a race. And then he every time I'd say something like that, he would turn around and say, You don't get it, Betsy. <laughs> he said that about like thirty times in the movie. You just don't get it, Betsy. 
<laughs> your, your yeah. <laughs> uh, how did this movie get made? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Grandpa, terrible accent, beats the hell out of his granddaughter for touching a book. Yeah, that... I actually wrote a comment. I slapped you twice. Now I saw it. <laughs> I was like, what the... Now, an- another thing that has happened in a lot of these 80s movies that we've watched is for some reason that the teenagers, one, they're all the teenagers are played by middle-aged people. But beyond that, they decide that the place to party is a closed-down mall or department store. And that happens again here. And this is where we meet our uh, our ex-cop, alcoholic, down-on-his-luck, new Santa, as well as the perverted, druggy Santa, uh, who dies. <laughs> Very fast. Yeah, well, well, and when, when we're first introduced to the, to the pervy Santa, I was like, well, I mean, to be fair... You did kind of throw yourself onto his lap and drape yourself all over him like you were hitting on him. I was like, I mean, I even, watching, each other. even watching the scene, I was kind of like, do. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought she was going up there. To what's going on here? Yeah, that's what I thought. What? And, and she got mad when he flirted back. I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> so but his flirty back is he started running his hand up her leg. And when, mm-hmm. so as soon as that scene happened, I actually thought they knew each other. I thought it was like, oh, my boyfriend works at the store. Let's go mess with him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But again, that's because a lot of that stuff that you mentioned where they left parts out of the movie. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then she says, he says something like, I said oral. And she smacks the hell out of him. Yeah. And you realize, oh, okay. I guess she didn't know the Santa that she was popping up on the lap. The kid before, by the way, wanted a super sweet Nintendo. Yeah. And if he went and down to the, the basement, stand- he could have gotten one. Because apparently that's where everything in the store is, in the basement, according the basement. to that Santa. Yeah. Yeah, true. And this Santa also was, uh, he wore his beard below his mouth, just like you know, certain people wear their masks. If you notice, when he was like there, I was like, you couldn't do, worse, you can't wear your freaking Santa beard, right? Come he's on. He's an anti-bearder. He's, he's an anti-bearder. <laughs> uh the bad our bad santa and you know maybe this is a prequel to bad santa or something he he goes to the bathroom or his dressing room or whatever to uh do all of the cocaine one which makes does me in the 80s yes yeah but cocaine's still expensive i am wondering exactly and there's a lot of it um i was wondering how much the santa gets paid to be able to afford that much coke it did look like a lot yeah it did it did and it ends up getting stabbed to death in the crotch by I'm in assuming, the dick yeah, by an elf. The elf stabbed him in the dick. And he, and he coughed up blood. He did. Because that's what you do when you get stabbed in the crotch. Yeah. I'm not willing to find out. And at this point, I'm, I've been watching a lot of uh, crime procedurals, and I'm like, oh, crap, are they going to do a thing where they assume that where like most of the movie is them trying to prove that it was the girl or the the ex-cop guy, Dan Haggerty, Mike McGavin. <laughs> No, they're just going to have the ex-cop guy talk to the tape outline. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is going on? He's talking to the dead spot? You just put more thought into it than they put into the script of the movie in those those three seconds, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
I, I've I've watched a lot of crime procedurals recently, like three seasons of Bosch and halfway through the fourth one. So like I kind of forgot what I was watching for a moment. Just, which is hard. You were like ready for them to do it by the books and how it should be done. I was, yeah. I was. Yeah, and like like, oh we're gonna we're gonna do crime scene reports and don't touch anything and all that, but no We need to quarantine death, this room off. Every every death in this movie is completely just passed over. Like, oh well what is pretending? The girl that was shot in the elevator. I was like, did they did they just kill her? And then <laughs> later on, on you see the body. Yeah. yeah, later on you see the body. I was like, oh shit, they did. All right. Yeah, and I, I actually tried to do a list of all the all the deaths in this movie, and I, I kind of couldn't because, like, I couldn't figure out if I, all of those like guys that were like the boyfriends that were coming to the department store if they died and how I they think died. It was just one of them, right? Like. Well, you saw the one just get dropped in through the door, but I don't know what happened to the other two, but you never saw them again, so you have to assume that they died. I and guess. the cops never talked about it. I mean, that body would have still been up there. Actually, that's right. The cops never talked about whatever bodies would have been up by that front door. They just mentioned like the, the Nazis. They just mentioned the two girls, and that's it. And they have the world's shittiest response time, by the way. How long was that damn alarm going off? Oh, for real? Like 10, 15 minutes? Like, that shootout took forever. Yes, oh, and they was, still weren't there. That shootout was the best. Like, their their <laughs> cap guns going off. And they're, and, and the girl and, and Santa Claus are sitting behind a glass and and f- composite fiber, fiber door. And that's what's protecting them from the barrage <laughs> of bullets coming at them. We're talking a piece of glass. And a piece of composite board like that thin, but they're they're yep. safe. They'll be fine back there. Don't worry. Uh, it's yeah. It's never a good scene when the or never a good I thing when the uh, gun fight is one of the most boring parts. For real, and they're sitting in the gun section of the store, and there's like twenty shotguns behind them, and they go, Let, "Let's just grab the smallest handgun we can, and we'll use this one." And he wait, wasn't he using a handgun? And he's like, "Hand me those shells." Do you call bullets shells? Yeah, you do. Okay, I, no, no, you don't. Do you? Yeah. That's for shotguns. No, right? you do okay. not. I mean, I don't shoot yeah. many guns, but hand me those shells. <laughs> Movie written by someone who has never done anything ever. <laughs> oh man, the the Nazis that are part of this dr- this fight, uh, they, they there's like three of them, I think. Right now, there's there's more. I don't know. Either way, they show up at a diner at one point, which again, I, I lost track. It was yeah, they show up at a diner. One one of them, of course, gets the uh, the full leather uniform that every Nazi gets in a movie, <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of leather cool. trench coat. But yeah, yeah. And again, bored to death. So I but I I wrote it down, so I got to say it. I had to do Nazi diner puns. So here we go. Right. Mine coffee, Blintzkrieg. And hash brown shirts. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I, last week I asked my thing auto-corrected to something really Nazi-like. By the way, I'm Jewish, so I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> That's good. And it's and this episode will be released on Hanukkah. Nine. Yeah. So let, let's let's keep going here. Uh, anything else in the uh, just department store of death? Yeah. Well. One of the things that we saw in the department store, especially when he was like talking to the tape outline, they they had a real like hard over usage 
of the internal monologue that was external. Like everything the cop thought, there, or everything that Grizzly Adams thought, he said. Yeah. And I'm like... My, my, uh, my son called that out too. He hates exposition. And he did... Uh-huh. He, we hadn't talked about that before. And then we were, he was, he was watching Mando the other day, like something, one of the episodes in season one, I think it was the, the Krill episode, um, the blue Krill one. And he's like, oh, they're just throwing out exposition and he's, he couldn't handle it. And so like, we we're watching that movie and he's like, exposition. Like, like it's just the worst. <laughs> any, any eighties movie. Though. See, I, I don't mind exposition, but I mean, this was, this was up and over the oh, top. Yeah. I mean, it, I was I was like, oh my god, will you shut up? Stop talking, dude. It it was like it was it was kind of like they had a a minimum word limit that they had to get into for his contract or something, and so they were just like, fuck it, just read read all of the stuff in the script where it says that you walk to the door and shit. <laughs> what what is going on? Yeah, uh, I feel like there's one other part. So they are actually – this is actually, to me, the worst part in the entire movie. They go to the department store. The, the girls are going to the department store to hang out with their boyfriends and possibly have sex with their boyfriends. They find some tents, mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation about these. Like, oh, we could do it here. Like, yeah, because I want to have sex with all of my friends in tents in the – Two feet away. Like yeah, next to me. Like yeah, two feet away. Um, and one of them – is basically saying she's saving herself because she's a virgin. And the other ones are like, well, why don't you just, you should have sex. What are you waiting for? And the one friend um, says about having sex, like, or she says, how do you say no? She's like, well, you just say no. And the friend is like, yeah, I'd rather just, I'd rather just go through with it than get in any sort of confrontation. It's just easier. Which was, yeah, it's just easier. Which was jaw droppingly, like when when type like when stuff like that happens with these movies, I immediately am like, how do I talk about this on the podcast about how how horrifying it is without getting someone to be like, like you said that you talked and made light of this event. No, it's horrible. It's awful. It was the worst message I've ever seen in one of these movies. And it was yes. and it was foreshadowing the end of the movie, which made it even worse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then part of the plot. <laughs> and then she says she's hungry and her friend tells her to go get donuts that she threw on the floor earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, so there was that. Uh, that was that was the big thing in the department store, oh, other than the fact that we now have a little bit of a super team here with the the virgin because her two runs got killed and the this department store Santa Claus was uh I had to, oh, I we had are to switching switch. microphones. My batteries are dying on this one. Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Uh oh. Right, good cool. save, good save. We can hear you all right. All right. Excellent. So this is a, the point where the gun the gun attack happens and there's a shootout in the store and it's boring and blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> with the shootout they're going get the girl and they go forget him and he starts shooting at him and they go kill him I'm like would you make up your damn mind <laughs> with the literally like two seconds later he says he says forget him and then he goes kill him and I was like really 
So we we leave the department store. Actually, no, we go to the end the the next morning basically, and the manager uh, Hugh, by the way, uh, he comes in. He's all upset that it's the day before Christmas and there's blood stains all over the place. How can I have people? So this, mind you, the blood stains is from this girl's friend and everyone and people that almost got killed, like friends of theirs. And he's like worried about and how it's going to affect sales. Did you notice sales twice quota. he brought up? Nothing like this has happened in 50 years. My son and I, we wanted to know what happened <laughs> not 50 years ago because they brought it up twice. They should do like an overly dramatic like prequel to this movie, like The Joker. You know, where, it's like, where it's super like... I'm just, I'm just going to guess that the store has only been around for 50 years and that's why they said that. I don't know, something dark but, happened in 1949. You're right. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> No way. Way. No way. Way. No way. Was, way. was Wayne's World a thing yet? I, I don't know, but they, they sure took that on way longer than what I thought it well, they had to go. Mm-hmm. I think they went back and forth yeah, like eight they times. They threw in every like, 80s colloquialism they could. <laughs> it was like... Yeah. No way. Way. So they they basically they after this whole situation they go back to the house and now we're actually going to get the story as to why all of this wacky stuff has happened. Yeah, I, I believe there's like a there's like a library scene and they find out some information and blah 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 blah. Uh, we see mom taking a bath, and I really had hoped she would get drowned in a toilet. I was hoping that that cat thing would actually pay off. I really wanted the elf to drown her in a toilet, but instead. Gets electrocuted by Which the elf. you knew the second she turned on that radio, you're like, that's going to get dropped in the tub. Yeah, it is. I don't know if that actually could happen anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure the, the like, I've done some stupid things with electricity and the surge break. Oh, the yeah, surge I'm sure. It definitely does. wouldn't fry her for like, oh, did you also notice when it knocked out the power of the house, the electricity kept going in the bathtub? Like, the entire house yeah, goes out, yes. but it's still <laughs> I, shocking her somehow. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. selective uh, surge surge protectors are very uh, circuit breaker. Uh, so mom finally gone. A little happy about that. Uh, and then I did notice. So I th- I'm pretty. I got. I tried to block out some of this movie. There is a sequence at a dinner table where they decide to have this conversation in front of two children about what's going on. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're basically like, uh, you know, there's uh, Nazis and they're trying to bring together an elf and uh, it was a pure line and blah, blah, like right in front of the kids. It's like, Merry Christmas, kids. Elves are real and they are assassins. <laughs> yeah. They, they can't be killed. And we're going to, uh, they mate with virgins. Like that's right in front of the children. I I have to admit that on his way to find that guy, I thought that conversation was hilarious when he shows up at the library the first time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of he's kind of walking in that foyer thing, and the girl runs into his back, drops her shit, and goes, "Watch where you're going." I'm like, "Bitch, you ran into him." <laughs> and then he and then he's like, "I'm looking for so and so," and she's like, "He's in the library. If you can find it." And he yeah, goes, the- "Can you show me where it is?" And she goes, "It's over there." I was like, "Well, that wasn't hard, was it?" He was so what Yeah, like the overly angry college student. Yeah. Can you can you show me where it is? Yeah, it's over there. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, okay let's see here what else you guys got oh 
Yeah. When the elf was eating the fingers, was, was he about? actually eating the fingers, or was he no, just he trying ate. to make himself puke? Because it looked like he was trying to make himself throw his mouth up. And pulled them out, and they were gone. What was the point of that? Yeah. He was bulimic. The the worst car chase ever occurs <laughs> best, in this movie, too. The best, he's driving the Jeep down the grass, and then hits a hill and just turns on its side. That's it. That's like yep. that's the climax of that part, and then he just like climbs There's up the top. Also, <laughs> yep, Ta-da, I'm safe. the The guy finds the the comically styled, like cartoon style TNT in his car, and like decides to just not throw it out. Go ahead. That's what I wrote. I was like, why did he jump out of the car instead of throwing the dynamite out? My son said the same thing. I was personally thinking he was trying to make them think he was dead. So if he rolled out and the car blew up, he could get away. But then the other guy drove up and he just punched him to death. Yeah. Well, so they, he does it. He jumps out of the car. It's, a large man jumping out of the car and doing a, a very terrible role. It's completely void of any good action. And the car blows up. But if you noticed, they didn't get it on centered on the frame in the camera. It blows up half off screen. And like, you know that they couldn't afford to blow up another car and there, and someone like some cameraman got fired for that. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, did you get the car blow up? He's like, uh, half of it. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, How did they miss that one shot? And yeah, you're right. And then there's like a, Right after the car chase, the worst fight scene ever, where he punches a guy to death, and even it that's boring. Boring. It, it was all totally boring. Yeah. Now, I guess here's where things get a little. <laughs> where I start getting lost a little bit. So we have, so we got mom dead. We got the friends. Uh, the the plan is coming to fruition. Grandpa has now informed them that. Or no, oh yeah, so well, actually before mom dies. He gets interrogated. And he's just I've like rapid mom. firing questions. I'm like, give him a second to answer. Jesus. I've killed mom before she actually said the kicker of this whole thing, where she's like the per you know, but she basically says the person that you thought was your father is not your father, your father's in the other room. And she's like, Dad's alive? It's like, no. He's actually your grandpa is your father. Because you're an incest baby. Merry Christmas. Yay! I don't, I don't think you can pass over the gravity of that quickly because that was an intense moment. <laughs> it was a terribly, terribly intense moment. That shooketh me. Very poorly delivered. Yes. And I was like, ugh. That's what they mean by, you know, straight line of Aryan blood. And and she just kind of, they all kind of, every single thing, deaths and elves and all that stuff just get passed over so much. Like, oh, so I think my her, mom killed my cat. She's her mom and her sister Fine. then, just so we're clear, right? Right? Yeah. I guess, yeah. I think So the, the yeah, crazy cat-killing lady is, is her mom. Okay. Yes. And probably something else if they if you really try to figure out the math. So if he was, <laughs> so not, if he was a yeah. Nazi, add the one, and then yeah, if she was he was a Nazi, so that was that would be in the forties. Nine by nine three. 
three because it's the third round. <laughs> I, I, I saw what you did there. Nine, N E I N. Yeah, and so they, yeah, they figure that out, and then they, uh, she goes in to talk to Grandpa, and who slaps her a couple more times. Yeah, and there's like something with a crystal, like so. This, yeah, I don't. I was under the impression, like I, I got lost here, but I was under the impression that he was in on this whole plan to bring about obviously master race of elves. And then I guess changed his mind or something. But like changed his mind immediately and is like, you'll know what to do with this crystal. Did not understand the crystal thing. And it's like, well, No, I didn't either. Didn't either. That's, yeah. So you're like, okay, you did this your entire life. You've waited your whole life. You're waiting for this moment. And now you're going to show how to end it. Eh. I don't get it. So uh, off to the woods, shall we? Can we? Go yeah, because the, they're the trying to avoid... They're trying to avoid creating something that's not Can elf we talk or about human. The woods? the woods that she's Let's not supposed to go Sorry into. The mystical woods of where where are they? Like Idaho? Like I want to know what's so magical about these woods in, in Middle America that she can't go into because it's so dangerous and they're so magical. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess elves and dead cat dead cats coming to life. No no no. No, no, elf. Mm. Yes, elf. Oh. Just, just elf. <laughs> they could have. Can you imagine they couldn't have had if they couldn't make the movie Elf because this movie stole the dame like ten years before. <laughs> we had to pay some guy in Idaho twenty million dollars for the name of this movie. That's how he would have made his money. because he didn't make any money on this movie. Yeah. Right. No, there's no way. I couldn't even find the box office because there wasn't any. Uh, there's a big wood sequence. There's like a whole. They burned like, down the whole fucking forest. <laughs> there's that. There's like there's what I believe to be. A, there's what I believe to be a a rape sequence where they show this elf puppet hand slowly running up this girl's leg, and it was uncomfortable. And I. Yeah, I I missed the whole. I. I... I was surprised at the end because I was like, "Wait, did they actually? Did they actually get her? What? When did that happen?" Well, remember what her friend told her. You just you go with it. Just avoid let co- it happen avoid because it's easier. Yeah, it's easier than conflict. Thankfully, so that's what happened. Okay, there. So she did. You think we we are all under the impression that she had sex with an elf? We are. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. They, you know, we couldn't tell that because they had Vaseline the camera lens so much that you really couldn't see anything that was happening in any of the sequences, which is probably okay. Because uh, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and they, they shares where they decide to use the crystal, and it's like, you're not going to know what to do, and apparently what to do is to stab the ground with the crystal. Where it came, where the elf came from originally in the beginning yes. of the movie, because if you stab the ground and use a slur, an yes. offensive slur, as you do, the elf, you will vanquish. Well, let's see, you I would have thought that they would have had to have stabbed the elf in the dick with the crystal. I would have thought so too, but I don't think they that that would have been a nice full circle yeah. moment. That would have been would have been better. Except yeah. they again, you just put more thought into this movie than the writers did. Plus, they also had not molded seems- an elf dick because they no. 
clearly right, but they, made but they, parts they of the They wouldn't have needed to remold the face. <laughs> the elf face always mouth agape, looking around. And those eyes, those piercing blue Aryan eyes, <laughs> horrible. Did did either of you notice that when they shot their grandpa, they forgot the sound effect? I did no. not. They they shot their grandpa, and he goes, but there was no bang. I was like, there was a, it, a thump beforehand. That's. That's why it felt awkward because I remember like, wait, did he just get shot? Did he die? Because there wasn't there was a no bang. I just remember it feeling awkward, like not knowing if he was dead. And now I remember, now I know why I felt awkward. That's funny. It's like, wait a minute. I, some, I somehow didn't catch that, but I did catch that it was a weird sequence. At the end of this whole thing, after they stabbed the hole, he goes to black and there is one callback where she's like, it's snowing, which was one of the reasons why they were having this anti-Christmas thing at the beginning. If you catch it, they say, I had to watch this part again. They say, it's not... I didn't go back and watch anything. I was like, what this? You're better off for it. (laughs) If you watch this movie three times in 24 hours, you actually, it's entirely possible that you will become a Nazi elf. Become the elf. Yeah. Or an Instagram. Yeah. But she mentions that one of the reasons she's mad is that, you know, Christmas is too commercialized and it's not even going to snow. But at the end... She's hugging her brother who really would like to have sex with her. And she, the brother is like, or she's like, shh, it's snowing. Yeah, shh, shh you're too loud. You'll stop the snow. <laughs> You'll start all the snow. And see, I'm totally picturing her going, shh. <laughs> and putting her finger on his lips. <laughs> Not comfortable with that. <laughs> and we, we fade to the credits, and what happens? We we get our two thousand one baby. Uh, it's not called a yeah, fetus. No, we get our fetus. we get our backlit transparent fetus, elf elf human fetus floating. It's the people that made this. It's a it's a elf. health. Yes, people that made this movie really thought there was going to be that sequel. Did it? Like, they we got were it. sorely mistaken. Yeah, uh, this movie was terrible. Never released on DVD. I wonder uh, why. Gri- I thought that I imagined Grizzly Adams. Like, when I saw the guy that, you know, Santa slash whatever. And, like, I'm like, oh, it's Grizzly Adams. And then I was like, wait a second. And I completely forgot that Grizzly Adams was a thing because it was, like, a thing in the 70s and early 80s. And I, like, wasn't, I was too young to pay attention back then. So I had like ended up going down this whole like Grizzly Adams like rabbit hole today. And I was like and realized that in nineteen I guess nineteen seventy four Grizzly Adams was the the number seven most money making movie. Which is crazy. A movie starring that guy. About like he, a dude he with was a bear. The best thing in that movie. Let's be honest. True, true. And he had such a flat affect and I was I was like God, this guy is so deadpan. He's got such a flat affect that he's still probably the best actor. Him and those donuts. Those donuts looked really good. Even after, even after she dropped them on, they still even good. after they got thrown on the floor. And I couldn't. I was like, she threw them on the floor. I'm like, no, this bitch is not picking up the donuts and putting them back on a tray. She is, and she's arranging I like, them. I like the what? attention to detail when when her friend came up and started picking lint off of the donuts. 
She's like grabbing it. <laughs> and then that's the same friend she told to go back and eat the donuts. And the friend was like, oh, yeah, the donuts. Yeah. Oh, oh no, the donuts. Thanks. It's really sweet of you. They're terrible friends to each other. Just horrible. Yeah. Hope they get killed by elves. So. <laughs> or Nazis. Yes. So here we go. This movie, when it came out, we, we always do a little bit of history here to close this out here. When this movie came out, it was the same week that the Oakland Athletics beat San Francisco 9-6 at Candlestick Park, which is much later um, in the baseball season because they had to stop this because of the um, the Bay Bridge earthquake, hmm. the one that the, the big earthquake. Oh, I was going to say, was, was this that game? Yeah. Well, it wasn't the game that the it earthquake was the happened. Game. It, it was the makeup game for the earthquake game. Go okay. sports. Yes. Uh, Hungary proclaims itself a republic and declares communist rule ended. Anyone want to guess what, try to guess what any of the top five songs were at this time? In 1989? 1989, October. Like a virgin. No, that's much later. That was 80, mm. Like a Virgin was like in the mid 80s. Uh... It, what's weird is it's all major songs yeah. that you're going to know all five of them, but they're not the biggest. They're not the biggest hits of the person. What genre? Uh, t- number one is is uh, I guess R and B or pop, and it is the sister of a megastar. I got nothing. It is "Miss You Much" by Janet Jackson was number okay. one. Number two was "Sowing the Seeds of Love" by Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Three, Listen to Your Heart by Roxette. Mm-hmm. Four, Cover Girl by New Kids on the Block. And the one I actually like, Love in an Elevator by Aerosmith, was number five. It's a good lineup. Yeah. A memorable. I wouldn't say good. It's a memorable lineup. Yep. The number one movie at the time. Not this. <laughs> when this 1989? Movie October of 1989. It actually had an enti- pretty much took the entire month of October. And I did not realize this movie was that popular. Uh, hold on. Back to the Future 2. Nope. No, look. See, I would have made a guess, but then you said you wouldn't have guessed it was that popular, so it's... Give me a clue. I might... I might uh, Die Hard? Uh, Bruce Willis. Die Hard? Nope. Bruce Willis's voice. Oh. Oh, look who's talking? Yep. Look who's talking. Holy shit. It was like number one for like four or five weeks. Uh, number two this particular week was Shocker. Number three was that movie The Bear. And uh, number six was Black Rain, which I was obsessed with for a while because I thought it was cool. But Batman was actually still at number 12, even though it nice. came out in June of that year. And wow. the last thing I could find out was the number one book at the time was Roseanne by Roseanne Barr. She was, you know, I think that's when her show was number one. And then uh, her comedy special and the book was all number she one had at her the time. the same time. So she did. She did. So that is Elves. I'm pretty sure that we've said more than even the people that made the movie could possibly say about it. More than needs to be said. Uh, yeah. yeah. If we cause this movie to have a comeback, we're sorry. But uh, thank you, Jacob, for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us. It was fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Check out Oh the Horror on Kickstarter. Yes. And let's make this happen because I want to play it. Me too. Hell yeah. yeah. Also, can you make Bill and Ted happen? I will do my best. All right. Right on. 
I have zero clout, but I will do my best. Yeah. Anyway, guys, if... We'll do our quick close out here. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we, uh, You can reach us at Gibby5Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Twitter by uh, searching for Gibby5Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can find that Kickstarter information there. As well as our Facebook page. Just search the Gibby5Podcast and you can find it there. Good morning. Good afternoon, and no way. Way? No way. Way? No way. Way? We can do this for an hour. Whatever.